1: grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John ten ten. And today we conclude the series called Family Matters with a very special call to action. Your circle of influence begins with your family. Together, your mission, should you choose to accept it, can change our world. And it's just one word. Have you heard? The word is love. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you want to do something really nice and bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today is part two of the message called The Family Mission. Pastor Sean is in Luke chapter 10. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio
2: family mission is the mission of love. You want to change people's lives for Jesus. Let's learn how to love like that. Let's learn how to love the way Jesus did and the way so many others have. A couple things I want to point out. First, you can't share love you haven't received. Have you ever had someone in your life who you just thought, man, I know I should love them, but I want to punch them instead? There are times, I think, when We just don't have what it takes to love anymore because we're limited. But do you understand by the Spirit of God in us, when we are followers of Jesus Christ, we have the ultimate fountain, the source of unlimited love resident in us. Now, if I'm going to try to love in my own strength, in my own imperfect way, I'm always going to end up bumping into some limits. But when I commit myself, say, Lord, I want to be surrendered to your love I want to be filled with your love, then all of a sudden I tap into a love that doesn't have limits. I now tap into something bigger, something more significant. You have to know this lady had been doing this for a lot of years and she did it as a very old lady and she had to get tired. She had to just have, at times when she, I don't feel like loving someone. I don't feel like opening my home. Oh, God, my son's coming over with that Macklemore kid again. Oh, God, here we go. She was a person, okay? She wasn't perfect. But what she did is she didn't rest in her own strength. She found a different source. That's her secret. I never got a chance to meet her I, but from what Mark said, she would stand here and tell you, and I can tell you, the secret is to tap into his love. You can't share a love you haven't received. The secret to being that kind of person is being filled with Jesus. And I just want to say, families, that's our first job. That's our first job. You know the saying, you had one job. You had one job. Honestly, I think the Lord's going to look at us as parents and say, you had one job. Let those kids fall in love with me. Help them become followers of Jesus Christ. Teach them about discipleship. Teach them what it means to follow me. Teach them how to grow in me. How to truly be a follower of Jesus. Teach them prayer. Teach them that they, don't, they aren't alone. They don't have to face everything alone. That they can, at any time of day or night, they can call out to the creator of the universe and I will listen and I will respond. Teach them the, the incredible gift of my word. Just the, the beautiful wisdom the incredible description of his love and his grace, his truth poured out. Teach them to love my word and teach them the gift of community, of walking in a community of faith where we love each other and we're not perfect, but we help each other follow Jesus. Teach them those things and they'll do just fine. The one job, make sure everyone in our home knows, receives, and is filled with the love of jesus now i want to take a moment you may be here and go hey i've been around or "or maybe i'm a guest or whatever i don't know but you may have never received the love of jesus you may have never received him as lord and savior i want to say that we shouldn't let this moment go by without you having an opportunity to do that the message is very simple we were created for a love relationship with god and it is our sin that has gotten in the way sin is that rebellion that says i'm going to do it my way And every one of us has it. Scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And some people sit and go, yeah, but my sin's too great. God could never deal with me. God doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I just want to say to you, he loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ to die and give his life for you. He wants a relationship with you. The, The Bible also says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know why, Jesus? He actually paid the death penalty. That's what the cross is about cross represents where my death penalty my just and right death penalty was paid and where I can find redemption and forgiveness and because his death on the cross my sin can be forgiven and that's where the good stuff really kicks in because my sin can be forgiven I can be filled with the spirit of God and enjoy the fellowship and relationship with him that I was created for that's the plan of salvation that's what we call the gospel and if you're here and you've never done that I'm going to pray a very simple prayer and if you will pray that along and mean this in your heart, you can become a follower of Jesus. It's very simple. So if you're here, maybe you've never done that, I invite you to pray with me right now. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your amazing love. You showed love like no other. In fact, you even said, greater love is one than this, and they lay down their life for their friends. Well, that's what you did. Lord, I'm a sinner. And without you, I am lost. I ask that you forgive my sins, Lord. Please forgive me. I thank you for your death on the cross and your gift of paying my death penalty. Lord, I receive that gift, and I receive you as my Savior, Lord. I invite you into my life, and I surrender my life, my leadership of my life to you. I recognize, Lord, being filled with your Spirit. Not only do you forgive the sins of my past, but you come in, and you lead me in a different kind of future. You lead me to the life that I was created for, and I trust you in that. I entrust you. Not only my past and my sin into your hands, I trust my future. Eternity, but also tomorrow at work and my life in the neighborhood and my family and all the things that I interact with, I trust you and I surrender my life into your hands. I thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And that scripture we read, remember what it says? If anyone is Christ, he's a what? New creation new creation. I just want to say, if you have, if you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or maybe you recommitted your life to Christ, would you let us know on the bulletin? There's a little card and you can just check that and say, I committed my life to Christ. And if you'll take that to the Welcome Center, they've got some resources to help you begin to grow. And what does that mean? What now? Some kind of next step stuff. And they would love to give that to you. See, the family mission is the mission of love. And our one job, our first job is to make sure that everyone in our family knows of the love of Jesus, receives the love of Jesus and walks in his love and his grace. Second thing I want to point out in this incredible mission of ours, an atmosphere of love is contagious. An atmosphere of love is contagious. I think that Katie's life is a classic illustration. There's a reason so many people flew from all over the country to be a part of her funeral because that love, the love of Jesus expressed through a sweet lady who just opened her home to people was contagious. See, love creates an atmosphere, and, and this, is, this is what I really believe can happen. I think if families will get this straight, if we'll understand that our home can be this little outpost of God's love so that you know when people come into it, they experience something different. Not because of the, the Bible verses we have on the wall, and I'm all for Bible verses on the wall. Don't take your Bible verses off the wall, all right? I think it's great. But I want to say something even more powerful than that is God's love lived out through a family. You know, one of the things I pray for all our kids when we, when we do a baby dedication is that, and, and for those families, I pray that their, that home will be a place where not only will that child experience the love of God and so naturally that they'll receive it, but that their friends, their cousins, their, their schoolmates will experience the love of God in a way that's just different. They'll want to hang out at your house because of the love of Jesus. That is a powerful, powerful ministry for our mission of reconciliation. The love of Jesus lived out in a family. It is contagious. It's powerful. I do want to say, again, we don't have to be theologians. We don't have to have every Bible verse memorized. I'm all for memorization. I'm all for theology. But authentic and real love that is a lifestyle is far more powerful authentic and real it does have to be authentic and real it can't just be words it can't be god loves you and so do we and that's where it ends there has to be this sense of real love that's why i think we have to really pray for god's strength and peace because there are some times okay pastoral confession time sometimes i feel more loving than other times Yeah, no, I know you're not like that. You sit there. You're judging me. Fine, whatever. But you're the same way, and you know it. Sometimes you feel more loving than other times. See, it's not about how I feel when I understand I'm filled with his love. I'm filled with his spirit. And so that there are times when someone needs the love of Jesus through me. And I don't feel like giving the love of Jesus. Maybe I've been busy. Maybe I've been working hard. Maybe I'm just exhausted. But I can, under my breath, breathe the prayer, Lord, strengthen me and fill me with your love and begin to walk in there.
1: Now we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this final message called The Family Mission. It's in the series Family Matters, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've enjoyed this teaching on the family, Your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help other families like yours. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And another way to bless the ministry and yourself is to pick up the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Do you realize that you can be at work and you can be connecting with someone you connect with all the time, someone who really bothers you, someone who you don't think even likes you, someone who you have a hard time with, and you can begin to pray, God, I'm having a hard time loving this person. Will you fill me with your love for them? And he'll do it. Will you help me to see them the way you see them? It's amazing how all of a sudden, and we're, we're going we're to go into the holidays coming up here pretty quick, right? We've got Thanksgiving, and then right on the heels, we'll, we, it'll seem like, you know, a few days later, it'll be Christmas. You're going to be around family. You're going to get thrown together. And there's going to be somebody who knows how to push your buttons because they've known you your whole life, and they've been pushing your buttons your whole life, and you know who it is right now. You, you can turn to your spouse and, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know who he's talking about. Okay, so you know that, right? Try it this year. Try and say, Lord, Fill me with your love for them. And second, help me to see them the way you see them. And watch and see if God doesn't begin to give you love. And listen, listen. secondly, compassion. Compassion. Doesn't mean that they're not annoying. Doesn't mean that he's not always a jerk, okay? You can't say that, all right? I'm, it's an illustration. It's safe here. It doesn't mean that that's not true. What it does mean is you, God opens your eyes to the why behind. And you all of a sudden, you, instead of looking at this behavior that inconveniences you and bothers you and makes you angry, you start looking at what's going on in the heart. And all of a sudden, God gives you his compassion and his love. It's powerful. That is transformative. And it's the secret to living in this contagious atmosphere of love. And it is contagious. I just want to challenge you for your, as a family. You want to have a powerful mission, be an outpost of love, be an outpost of grace and forgiveness to your community. Do you know how unusual that is? How much your home will stand out if you're an open home and it is an outpost of love, grace, and forgiveness for one another and for those who enter and who you interact with and who you engage with. That's powerful love like that, an atmosphere of love, is contagious. The family mission is the mission of love. And third thing, God's love always calls us to those outside our circle. God's love always calls us. Now, I, I, I know, Pastor Sean, don't you know you shouldn't use words like always and never? I'm going to stick with this one. God's love always always calls us to those outside our circle because that's where he went. The, the whole incarnation of Christ, we're going to celebrate Christmas. Do you realize he was in heaven? He was in perfection. He was in community with the Father and the Spirit. He didn't need us. We needed him. And he came to us outside of his circle. And he lived as one of us. And he gave himself for us. Love always calls us. God's love always calls us to those outside our circle because that's the way he did it. Jesus told this incredible story, and it's important that we remember the story, okay, and where it came from. Luke 10, 25 through 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Interesting question. It was a common question that would be asked. It would talk about what is the key, what's the source of eternal life? And Jesus responds with a question. Again, a kind of common practice in the rabbinical conversations they would have. What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? Well, look what he says. This teacher answers, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, wait a minute. Where have we heard that before? Remember, Jesus had been asked previously by one of the teachers of the law, you know, what's the most important commandment? And they talked about this. They debated these things all the time. And he says, the first is this, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is similar, love your neighbor as yourself. This guy's quoting Jesus back to Jesus, which I'm I'm good for. That was a smart move. He quotes Jesus back to Jesus. Because what Jesus is doing, he says, how do you read the law? And he quotes, because Jesus said, remember, all of the law and the prophets are summed up in these things right here. So he's quoting Jesus back to Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, with all your strength, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus responds he says, you've answered correctly jesus replied now here he goes do this and you will live now it's interesting remember it's the guy's answer that jesus is commenting on look where he goes but he wanted to justify himself why because i want to answer the question i don't want to actually do that that's a fascinating thing that luke points out to us there was something in this man that though he gave the answer and jesus said good answer go do this and you'll live something in him wanted to deal with that and wasn't ready to accept that. He wanted to justify himself. Well, then who is my neighbor? You remember how Jesus answered the question? I'm so glad the guy asked the question. Because of it, we have one of the most incredible parables, one of the most incredible stories in all of Scripture, and even in all of culture. We call it the Good Samaritan. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. And then they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, what's interesting is you need to note, he takes, this is a religious conversation, this is a religious leader he's talking to, he takes one of their heroes, two of their heroes, a priest, and a Levite, two people who should be the example, who should be teaching us how to find eternal life. But in this story, Jesus casts them as one who they saw the man, both. It says they saw him. And what did their vision cause them to do? Go to the other side of the road. Yeah, I, I, I don't have time. We don't know why. Were they busy, didn't have time, didn't want to get up. Okay, I'm going to go serve, and if the guy dies, then I'm defiled, and now I won't be able to do my service at the temple. We don't know. He doesn't tell us that. All we know is two of these highly esteemed religious leaders saw him, and their vision caused them to go to the other side of the road. And then he goes here. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. This is just unfair. Because what Jesus is doing, he, he takes their, their kind of heroes and puts them as guys who ignored this poor man in need. And then he takes a Samaritan. Well, you know the story. The Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. They didn't like each other. Big division. The Jews looked down on the Samaritans. They were kind of religious. They compromised. They were half-breeds in the, in the purity of the religion. And so there was just this big rift, and they were kind of despised. And so Jesus chooses to make a Samaritan, the hero of the story. Be like at the Republican National Convention, Jesus says, and a Democrat came by, and he took pity on the man. Oh, oh, that's offensive. Or at the Democrat National Convention, oh, a Republican came by, and he took pity on the man. Oh, my gosh. Whatever rift you may think we have politically and this kind of, oh, those people on the other side, yeah, this was as deeper, deeper. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He said, one of those people, whoever you want to label as those people, that's who he chose, those people. He traveled, he, took, he saw him, and he took pity. They all saw him, but this man's response was different. He took pity on him. And you know how the story goes. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, and good thing he was an expert because I don't know how he would have figured this out. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of Jesus. It's a Samaritan going and, Loving a, a, a jew who who probably looked down on him, probably had all this emotional baggage, this cultural baggage, but right now he's in need, and so he's my neighbor that 's who I need to love and his love was practical, it was observable, it involved service, it involved sacrifice, it involved expense, it involved time, it involved all of it that 's what it meant to treat him like a neighbor and Jesus said, second most important thing is to Love your neighbor as yourself. That's who your neighbor is. See, God's love always calls us to those outside our circle. Who's my neighbor? Well, we saw a whole list of people who are loving their neighbor through River City Serves Local and River City Serves Global. Other people who are total stranger and they just love them and serve them. It's intentional, it's deliberate, it's sacrificial, but it's love. I want to say there's something very powerful when we in our families create a culture where we teach our children and we encourage one another in this thing of loving those who are in our home, Loving those who are in our circle, but then loving those who are outside our circle. I'm just telling you, if the church of Jesus Christ gets this, if we and our families will begin to say, okay, our mission, the, mission, the family mission is the mission of love, and we're going to live this out, I want to tell you, this world is going to start shaking because of the power of the church of Jesus Christ when we get this message. When we understand the power of living out love at home, in our nearby community and to those who are outside our circle I just parents I want to give you a a tip all these opportunities we have some you can bring kids some you can't just because of the nature of them Uh, find one where you can bring your kids and and do it because it becomes second nature they just go oh yeah this is what we do this is how we do it I have pictures of little Rylan, our oldest granddaughter, a couple years ago, serving at Brother Henry's, uh, the place called Feed My Sheep. And she's serving meals to homeless people. There's adults around, and we're we're all helping her. But she got so into it. And what's funny is she began to see people who sometimes kids will never see. She began to see people as someone who God loves and is, is someone who I prayed with and someone who I shared a meal with. And had a kind word. And she begins to see people as just people who Jesus loves a lot, so we should love a lot. And it's the most natural thing in the world. And when you, when you just raise your children in that environment, it just becomes normal. And they see their home differently. Home isn't a place where I hide out from the rest of the world. That's not what the home is about. No, Home is a place where I open it and receive people. That's what Katie Gorham's story was all about. Home is a place where you love people. And I'm telling you, if we'll get this, if we'll get to where we understand, share his love first, then share his truth, you're going to see some real results as far as people considering the claims of the gospel and beginning to surrender their lives to Jesus. Share his love first, then his truth. Truth is a wonderful gift. It really is. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth is important. Truth matters. But any truth that is outside of love isn't the whole truth. Share his love first, then the truth, and you'll be amazed at the power of the gospel. In fact, I want to encourage you. I'll leave you with this little phrase. And this kind of, let this conclude and let this be kind of the heart of our family mission. Lead with love. Let love be the front door. Let love be the thing we lead with. Lead with love. There's all kinds of other things that will be a part of it. Knowledge, truth, faith, all the other things that that will serve. All all these other wonderful things we'll sacrifice, but lead with love and see what God does.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series Family Matters, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.